Childhood Cancer Perspective. Once again, thank you all for sticking with me for this long, long journey as I speak about the inside depth, the inside point of view of pediatric cancer from a parent's point of view as well as uh, from siblings' point of view when I get my daughters involved into it. And soon to be having guests. I know I've spoken about it in past episodes, but I am really hoping that I can get some guests on here soon that we can talk about um, how pediatric cancer either personally affected them through their own children or personally affected them through uh, just the amazing things that you see when you meet one of these children, and it just it changes you, and I've spoke about that before. Um, the topic that I want to talk about today is actually something that I've been thinking about for a long time, and it was something that came up uh, when I had to go to a, a concert, a choir concert, um, when Annalisa, our oldest daughter, was singing in the choir, and she was there singing... Um, at a basic, not a graduation ceremony, but like a senior ceremony. So all the seniors were in the gym and they would come out and they would be recognized for what schools they had chosen, what their course of study was going to be. Um, and it was just a celebration of them going through their four years of high school, all their accomplishments, and what that meant to uh, their families and what it meant to them moving forward and things like that. And so that moment has stuck with me for a long time because at that moment, JC was home. JC was home, and that's we, we were at the point in her treatments. We were at the point in her um, her journey or shit show, as my wife will call it. We were at that point when she was she was done with all the treatments that they could provide her. There was nothing more that they could do, and we were just kind of living for the moment and trying to make the best out of the life that we had and make the best out of the life that she had and just give her everything at that moment and. What really sat with me and what really affected me is at that point, we couldn't both, my wife and I could not both be away from her at one time. So I was with Annalisa at the concert and my wife was home with um, with JC. And so I'm there by myself. And what it did was it gave me, unfortunately, the opportunity to really think ahead and look in, in my mind and look ahead into my psyche and realize that all the experiences that these children were were going through all these uh, they're graduating high school they did four years of volleyball they they had um, they went to proms and they went to homecomings and to football games and they were signing on to colleges to and they were signing on to their majors and all this stuff and they were all getting to talk about these accomplishments and I was looking at Annalisa knowing she's going to get to talk about those accomplishments but in my heart I knew that JC was not going to get to talk about those accomplishments and it's a sad and true reality of this pediatric cancer journey is that at some point we we come to a realization that no matter how hard we fight, no matter how hard we push, no matter how hard we yell and scream and search and scratch and claw for that next best treatment for our child, at some point your body can only take so much and you have to accept a reality that nobody should ever have to face. And looking at all of those seniors, those 17, 18-year-olds that are just have their life ahead of them and they're getting ready to go out and conquer the world and become the next doctors or, or politicians or sports stars or whatever the case may have you, that I knew in my heart I'm never going to get to see J.C. Grayson graduate high school. I'm never going to get to see her walk down the aisle. I'm never going to get to see her accomplish everything that I know she would accomplish if she was given the opportunity. 
And that's what made it really, really hard, I think, for me in general, is I've thought about this a lot. And every time I go to a volleyball game when our girls were playing volleyball or a, a concert um, or a play, if they've been in a play or anything like that, anytime I go to things like this, my heart is always driven to JC will never get an opportunity to do this. Um, she'll never get an opportunity to do like what her sister is doing right now, which is applying to colleges. Um, she'll never get the opportunity to um, be in gymnastics competitions like her, like Miley is. She'll never get those chances. And I wake up every day and I think, you know, I've made some mistakes in my life, and I've, you know, I've, I've done things that you know I'm not proud of, and and I think all of us have, but. Our kids won't get to experience that. JC won't get to experience that. And that's very hard because I think a lot of us or a lot of people really um, put a lot of attention on triggers, on whether it's sounds or smells or tastes or, or locations, dates, things like that, that. I think a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on on triggers that you would normally associate with going through grief or going through pain and listen those are all there um, they're they're all there okay there are certain songs that I still can't listen to because they make me break down because you know those were songs that were comforting to JC or those were songs that we listened to on repeat when we were in the hospital um, there are things that I can't smell um, cream corn is one of them I know it's it's kind of a it's kind of funny. You guys might get a little chuckle out of it, but the reality of it is when you go through stem cell or bone marrow transplants, depending on how you want to you know, define it, when they put your cells back into you, it smells like cream corn. The whole room, you do, you smell like cream She smelled like it. You smell like it. I cannot smell cream corn. I can't do it because it will, it will bring me back to a point that I know was so scary for her. It'll bring me back to a point that was supposed to be the fix, was supposed to make things better. And, you know, and locations such as like um, the church where JC, um, where her funeral was or where her baptism was and things like that. Like these, this is, there were good moments and then there are bad moments. And actually just two weeks ago, for the first time since JC's funeral, I stepped foot in this church. Um, and at first it didn't it didn't hit me at first it didn't and then but looking ahead looking ahead to the spot where her urn sat looking ahead to the spot where my wife and I stood and greeted hundreds of people coming to say their final goodbyes to JC uh, standing and seeing that spot where I we had both my wife and I had friends that we hadn't seen or spoken to in years that were there that showed up um, it's some that that eventually got to the point where I got very anxious, um, very like I didn't want to be there anymore. But I was there. I was there for my oldest because it was she wanted me to be there. She asked me to be there, so I I did it. But it was something that I was very anxious about being there. It was very it it started to slowly roll in, and then you get the feelings I've got to get out of here. And up until now, we've been on the outside of the church, um, but we've never gone in one of those things where you just don't want to be part of it. So these are triggers that are definitely 
there, whether they're smells, locations, um, a taste of something, or you know, uh, you see something that you know in your house or in your car, or you know, maybe something that you know, a landmark or something. They're going to be triggers that you're going to have going through this this journey after grief that's going to happen. Um, but what I don't think we often talk about, I mean, we do we say it, but we don't often talk about how much of a trigger it can be to see the things that your child will never experience. And I think it, it hits you a lot harder when you have other children. When you have other children that are going through the experiences that your child will never go through now. Um, like I said, such as graduation, as concert choirs, band band concerts, uh, football games, you know, uh, applying to college, you know, getting your first job, getting a car, learning to drive, you know, these are all things that as parents we are a part of and as parents we encourage and as parents we're, we're there for them, we're there for our kids 100%. There's nothing that's going to stop me from being there for my other two children, but I would be lying if I didn't say that it absolutely is a trigger sometimes to go to these concerts or to get in the car and teach your child how to drive or to see your child drive away and go to their job or to see them get dressed up and go to proms, go to homecomings because JC's not there and she won't be a part of everything that they're going through. They won't, she won't have the opportunities to go through, um, first boyfriend, to go through heartbreak, to go through uh, the ups and downs of, of everything that, that life throws at you as, as a young child, as a young adult, as a young woman. She will never have that opportunity. And these future potential triggers, I think, often affect me more than, than past stuff does. I think what I've done is I've come terms or I'm at peace with a lot of things that would be a normal heavy trigger for me as as a parent that has lost a child but the potential triggers from the future I think are what what do me in more they 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 definitely affect me in a more um, profound way and there's really nothing that I can do to to get away from it because I want so badly to be able to watch all of these experiences happen with all of my girls and not being able to have one of them there is definitely a hard pill to swallow it's it's not easy um, recently we had a friend that became uh, kind of a partner with Battlecorn that is kind of helping us create images and AI images and uh, age progression generated images that she's she's awful awful also, excuse me, offering to other families that are going through this, whether fighting or whether angels, she's offering that service to them. And she sent us a lot of photos of JC in an age-progressed manner. So even as like a young teen, um, even all the way up to adulthood as, as a doctor, which is what she had, um, her, her lifelong goal was to be a NICU nurse. That was what she wanted to do. She loved babies, loved them take care of them and I know for a fact 
in my heart and in my soul that that child is up there in heaven right now taking care of all the babies that are gone too soon and making sure that they're safe, making sure that they're okay. Um, but that is definitely a very, it was, it was very nice to see, um, but it was a very difficult thing to see at the same time. I had to prepare myself to be able to accept the fact that this is what she would look like potentially if she had grown to teenage years or to her 20s um, and what she would have done, what she would have accomplished. Um, JC was a very, very determined little girl and she did not ever really let anybody do the fight for her. She was very she was an independent one. We've raised all of our girls to be very independent. Um, and she was definitely an independent one. She wanted to do things her own way. Um, and I think it's it's no different. And, you know, that... I'm sorry. But she, she was a very, very determined child. Very, very, you know, gifted in the matter that she wanted to make sure that she was doing things on her terms. That she was doing things the way she decided that it was going to be done. The simplest thing, the simplest example is her hair. When her hair fell out, most people, when they're going through cancer, they'll shave their head because there's no sense in, it's going to fall out, just shave it, you own it. That's your way of taking control of that situation. Now, JC was different. She owned the fact that her hair fell out, and she owned the five or six hairs that never fell out and she left them on you know her head they, they swung around they, they just they dangled there but they were the only hair she had and she didn't care she owned it that was her that was her um, her way of controlling the situation and you know I still have the hair her hair that fell out we still have it we have it we have it in a bag we have it you know on the shelf with all of her stuff and you know, one day, you know, that that hair will be turned into a, a, you know, a doll that we will keep or we will pass on to our other daughters. It'll be rooted in, in the doll's head, and that'll be JC's, JC's hair. And, um, you know, I don't pull it out, and I don't look at it often because it is very hard. You know, I actually have a little tiny baggie in my car that I actually forgot about. That she, she would pull her hair out, or if she would pull her hair out, she would... Her hair would fall out and it would get stuck to the car seat and she would kind of just stick it on the back of my seat in my car. And so we would, you know, would collect it and we had a little ball of it and we just had a little bag. And that was kind of something between her and I and her mom and I, that's what she would do. And, you know, I I see that in it and that's one of those, those personal kind of physical triggers that are very hard to look at um, because the hair falling out was when everything became real to me and she went through her brain surgeries she went you know she had barely, they barely shaved anything for that so they when her hair was down you couldn't tell it was a little thin and then she went through her radiations and it wasn't until the end of the end of her radiation before that hair started to fall out and then she just had one patch you know around the side of her head and to the back of her head but I remember sitting at the at the, the kitchen island and her coming out of the shower and just handing me a ball of hair. And it was like, here, my hair fell out. 
And to her, it didn't matter because she wasn't, she was not going to be defined by something like that. She was not going to be defined by the fact her hair fell out. It, for her, it didn't matter. You know, she actually told us it was less to brush. I mean, that's, that's just part of that, that genuine heart that these kids have. Like, she didn't care. And, but for me, that's when it became the most real. When that hair fell out, that's when everything became real to me. And that, and I remember that my, you know, the other kids were doing something. My wife was in the bathroom, in the shower, and whatever, and, and JC went back in there. And then that's when I broke down because that's when everything hit me like, holy hell, JC has cancer. And this is the first real sign aside from the symptoms that, you know, landed us in the hospital, this is really the first sign of treatment. It's his hair falling out because she really didn't show any signs of it. Um, and that made it really difficult. But at the same time, her attitude, man, and that's what really, I think, got all of us through a lot of this was her attitude, her ability to just be herself and not let this change her, not let this, you know, you know, she's not going to be defined by cancer. And, you know, much like, um, you know, much like my, you know, my 15-year-old, like she lives and breathes to make sure that JC's memory lives on. She absolutely does. And, you know, we'll do a chosen career in something like child life that will, you know, keep her closer to kids like this and be able to give back in a way that she knew JC would. Um, and our oldest does not want to be defined as the girl whose sister had cancer or the sister that passed away. She doesn't want to be defined by that. And it's, and it's fine. Like I, we've always given them that, that, you know, that freedom to kind of uh, grieve or to move past how they choose. And, you know, but it's, it's definitely hard to watch both of them going through this and not really know how they feel because they don't really talk about it. And I imagine that, you know, part of these triggers that, you know, the future triggers that myself feels, I'm sure that my wife feels as well, but my wife also is not very open with her emotions and doesn't really talk about this. So um, I'm assuming she feels it too, but just doesn't bring it up. And I think she also knows how much it affects me. So people, they tend not to talk about it a lot around me because they feel like they want to protect me, um, which is which is fine, but, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay to talk about these things because talking about it is what, you know, allows people to understand what the real life of going through this is. And I would imagine that they have the same type of feelings that I do. Um, you know, it was always joked around that, you know, JC was going to be the one that was always going to be hanging around, you know, when they had their friends around, always going to, she, she was probably going to steal your boyfriends because she was just so damn cute and so adorable. And that's just the way that it was. That's just, we always joked that that's the way that things were going to happen. And, um, you know, it, it, we had one, one point to have them all, you know, to have them in the same school and, and trying to, um, you know, there, but there would always be two value your girls in the same school no matter what and you know Annalisa will graduate high school this year and then Miley has two more years but then you had JC that would be trailing behind and would you know be wanting to get or would would be wanting to hang around her sisters they're they're now growing up and doing all these grown-up things and she would be there with them she would be at their concerts with them cheering them on she would be at the football games with them if they asked her to go um she would be at all of these 
saying that, hey, you've got to do this with me. Hey, you've got to play with me. Hey, you've got to hear, but hey, you know what? At the same time, JC would also be the kind of person that would say, hey, I love you, and I'm so proud of you for everything that you're doing. I'm so proud of you for graduating. She'd be their biggest fan. Um, you know, and that's that's part of the the really cool thing about having siblings when you're going through something like this is that um, you have that ability to to have somebody with you by your side, a best friend, every single second in your corner. You have a supporter that will fight so hard for you and that will be there for you no matter what. And like I said, you have, you know, Annalisa will graduate this year. And when she graduates, JC won't be in the front row clapping. JC won't go up and stand next to her and hold her hand and tell her how proud of her she is. Um, she's not going to be there when Annalisa opens her first business or when. Miley goes to the Olympics or when 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 she finally graduates you know her her child life um, certificate classes and all that kind of stuff and she and she becomes that that child life that person that goes into the rooms and makes life less shitty for these kids when they're going through these treatments she won't be there and Although we all know that JC's with us in spirit and she's always going to be in our corner no matter what we do, it's a hard pill to swallow, I think, to really know that all of these milestones, all of these things that we're doing, she's not with us. You know, raising money for charity, partnering with organizations that are going to make a difference so kids don't have to go through what JC went through trying to get legislation passed that will ensure that these kids have what they need to be taken care of. Being a being a mentor, being a peer mentor to other families that are going through this and don't have anywhere else to turn, you know, these are all things that I know that JC would be proud of, but we don't get to hear her say that. We don't get to hear her say how proud she is. And I think you know, we're, we were robbed of these opportunities and, you know, not necessarily by any specific doctor or, or you know, or hospital or anything like that. I just think with, in general, I think the, the medical community and the research community and legislation and the world have just not given these kids the opportunities that they deserve to be able to move forward with their lives and therefore giving us as families, especially as angel families, something that we have to look forward to every single damn day is a new accomplishment that our older children are going to go through without their sister. Like I said, Annalise is applying to colleges right now. You know, she's, you know, we are, we are months away from her being 18 years old. We are less than a year away from her being in college and not being at home and for Miley being the only child in the house and I think that that dynamic is really going to change things around here I think it's going to be 
I really don't know what to expect, to be honest with you. And I think, you know, Miley connected with JC on a way that, on a level that was just incredible. And I don't, and I don't even know if she understands how much of that that she connected with her and how much of, of importance that relationship they had. I don't know if she really understands or grasps that. Um, and Annalisa was, for JC, was like comfort. And, you know, not so much, hey, I want to, I want to talk to you. I want to, I want to do this and that. I just, I just want to be with you. And Annalisa took that in stride and she was there for her. And she, you know, she still keeps a baby doll that JC had. She still has it in her bed to this day and sleeps with it every single night because that's what JC would have wanted. She would have wanted her baby in there because when she went in there to lay down and, and, cuddle up with her sister to watch TV she had that baby and now you know I go in there and I see that and it's like and I see the pictures of the past where JC was in Annalisa's room you know just in there and it's it's hard to walk in that room and not see JC in there laying in the corner watching TV or just being goofy um and Miley has got pictures all over her wall of Jay-Z, and she's got stuffed animals of hers in her bed that were Jay-Z's. Um, there's so many things, you know, on that level that are very, very hard to get through the day. And you can have a hundred good days. You can have a hundred good days with no, um, with no thoughts of, of, anything bad you're not you're not not thinking of JC but you're not having thoughts that are making you sad you can have a hundred good days like that and it could just be because things are going well or because um, you're you're there's you're just having progress in what you're doing um, you're you're living like like she would you're 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 living with her spirit you're just you're just getting things done you're busy you're doing it and it can all culminate to one day where all these triggers come together. And I know that day is coming because we will soon have that concert. We will soon have that gathering at the high school where Annalisa will come up and they will say what her major is going to be and what college she's going to go to. And I'll sit in that same spot. I'll sit in that same spot. This time I'll have my wife and my other daughter with me, but I will sit in that same spot and I will be happy and I will be sad at the same time. And I've talked about that before, that I should be happy. I should be celebrating all these accomplishments of my kids. I should be celebrating every single day the amazing amount of things that they're doing and that they will do. And I do. I celebrate and I love my kids. And I love everything that they're going to accomplish, but you can never get it out of your head who's missing. And the fact that those same accomplishments are not going to be with her in it. Her name will not be read as a senior. And what grade she's going to go into, or what degree and degree of study she's going to go into. We will not hear the words, J.C. Rose Sunshine Valier is attending 
whatever college she decides to attend in the nursing program with a focus on the NICU. That's what she wanted to do, and we'll never hear that. And I, I just don't know, thinking ahead, last night I have these, I have these thoughts when I'm just in random situations, and this is, this is part of this. In random situations I have these thoughts of, this is what I need to talk about next, or this is, um, this is an important episode, or this is an important topic, and this was last night that it really, I had to write this down and, and make it part of the episode was that um, we were in, there was, it was a, the holiday concert or, or a fall concert actually and both the girls were singing in it and it was just enough time for me to type it out on my phone and say moments that will never include all three of my girls and it's not fair and what they went through is not fair. And I don't think that a lot of people completely understand what it means to look at these these things like you should be, you know, we'll, we we do often hear a lot of people, as everybody becomes an expert, um, social media is terrible for this, but, you know, you hear a lot of people that will tell you to just, you have to focus on now. You can't focus on the past, and you can't think about, you know, what what was or what isn't or what won't be. You have to focus on what you had and what you, and which and which I understand and I agree. But you will never be able to cut out what we're what what drives us every day or what hurts us every day or what makes us wonder every day what would have been. You'll never be able to remove that. That's something that we have to deal with and we have to embrace every single day. We have to embrace what we don't have. And I don't know. No, I do know. It never gets easier. It will never get easier. Um, and it's not something that we're ever going to be able to, to move past. And new accomplishments, new new movements forward, wherever it may be, are always going to be the course of triggers. So, understandably, you know, to see, you know, to see a parent, you know, in my case, upset at a at a certain time of their life or a certain thing that you can understand why they're upset, but maybe not fully understanding why they would be upset at um, a graduation party or um, even a birthday party for that matter or a, new job or something like that and not understanding why they're not just fully ecstatic and happy for their other children. We are. Internally, we are freaking exploding with the amount of, of happiness and and um, in every emotion that we can feel for how grateful that we have that our kids are so incredible. But there's always a piece missing. And those pieces that are missing often give us I think some of the most um, emotion, and so unfortunately, that's that's something that, that we will never that that's something that will never go away. That's a piece of the puzzle that will never go away because there's always going to be future events. There's always going to be future awards. Um, 
there's always going to be future accomplishments and things like that that you know listen at my at my daughter's weddings both of them I will cry tears of joy that my daughters have found somebody that will take care of them the way that I think I'm the only one that can but I will also cry tears of sadness at the same time or maybe later on because JC's not there standing next to them because she's not there walking down the aisle showing them how much she loves them that will always be something that we have to live with and always something that's never going to get better well I think I think that's enough um, enough in the feels for today we'll definitely be back next week with another episode and speaking about something that we can uh, we can fully relate on and, and give you as much information and insight on that I think is going to allow you to see the inside of what pediatric cancer is, what it does, how it feels, and and what it changes in a person. So continue to listen, please. Continue to share. Continue to get the word out that this podcast is here. We want to make sure that we hit enough viewers that we're starting to really jump up the levels and jump up the charts and be able to um, get some more people following us so we can get um, really pushed to get more episodes out there. And again, as always, comments below, um, email, whatever you have to do, get in touch with me. I'm not hard to find. Let us let me know if there's something you'd like to hear. I'm hoping to have more guests on soon. I'll probably do more episodes with my wife and hopefully with my kids. I know that my daughter Miley loves to get in on this, so I will I will work on getting her in. All right, thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week.